Looks like we're settled and ready to start. So uh, as chairman, I not only have the privilege of serving alongside of you week after week, but I also have the privilege of opening our AGM. So let's take this time to uh, open in prayer. Father God, thank you for your church. Thank you for this church that we have an opportunity to serve in and minister in. Father, as we look back over the last year, your faithfulness is so clearly evident to us in our physical needs, in our relationships, in our financial needs, uh, both as individuals and as a church. And Father, as we look ahead to the next year, we just pray that we will continue to be good stewards of the resources that you have entrusted us with, Father, but also leave room for you to show your faithfulness and your power once again to this body. Father, we pray as we move through this AGM and into 2017 that you will continue to further unify us as a body. Lord, that we would obedient to be obedient to the calling that you have placed on our lives as individuals and on this body uh, as a local church. Father, may we uh, always remember that this is your church um, and you will be uh, the director and the overseer and, and the one who is glorified uh, through, through it all. In your name we pray. Amen. Over the past few years, we've made it our practice um, to use our, course, our six core values um, as a framework to review our past year. So if you're not familiar with those six core values, they'll be on the screen uh, behind me as, as I go through them quickly. We believe under prayer and worship, we believe that worship is a lifestyle, uh, not simply music, and we continue to be conscious of not elevating one form of worship over another. However, it has been nice over the last 12 months to see uh, many new faces up here using the musical gifts that God has given to each of you to glorify him through music on Sunday mornings. In an effort to foster a fervent prayer, we meet each Sunday morning at 9.15, just down the hall. We've also marked the fifth Tuesday of each month as a time of corporate prayer. As elders, we receive your prayer requests uh, weekly and pray for each of you on a daily basis. Um, but aside from leadership and corporate prayer, it's so encouraging to know that many of you are meeting um, outside of those times for the purpose of prayer, be it at the waterfront on mornings through the summer or uh, throughout the year evenings at your homes. So thank you for that. In terms of teaching, we continue to preach expositionally with a biblical worldview in an effort to equip each of you. Um, with the confidence to share your faith with co-workers and neighbors and engage the culture. In 2016, Bible studies ran that included the Gospel of John as well as a women's study on 1 Peter and 1 John. The Iron Women ministry continued, providing solid teaching from, for, both, uh, men, or for both women in and outside the local body. A men's discipleship group wrapped up in the spring um, and Bloom uh, a ministry for younger women uh, were, was launched. In terms of church life, we had the privilege of both baptizing and celebrating alongside uh, Chuck this past summer at the lake and had a number of families that came into membership in 2016. So welcome to Robin Twyla Stevenson, Jenny Hawkins, Scott and Leah Black, and a few weeks ago to Eric and Joan Hartland. With about 40 regularly attending families, I think about 27 have now committed to membership here at South Shore. However, we are well aware that church life goes far beyond the number of baptisms and memberships. And the one question we are continuing to ask ourselves as leaders, how or is discipleship happening here? As intentional as we try to be as a leadership team to ensure that individuals are being discipled, 
It is the relationships outside of the corporate meeting that we are most encouraged by. Older women meeting to mentor and encourage younger women. Three young men meeting regularly for accountability and to study the word. Four men and a child meeting for mutual edification and study. A group of women desiring to learn more and to study God's word. And those are just the things that immediately came to mind, things that I'm aware of happening around um, some of your homes. So the Great Commission in action. So we encourage you to continue with those things. In terms of shepherding, we practice intentional shepherding through shared leadership, which has taken a variety of forms in 2016, be it through counseling, uh, a visit to your home, or simple hospitality in an effort to stay in each of your lives. And with that in mind, uh, please remember, if you have questions or are struggling in any way with job, health, marriage, parenting, personal evangelism, or issues of doctrine, please talk to one of us. The Lord has blessed us with an incredibly humble and open group of believers, and we count it a privilege to walk uh, through life with you. In terms of missions and evangelism, in 2016, um, we have supported various SOS initiatives, the Ferry Pregnancy Resource Center, other like-minded church plants, and the CNBC. Our evangelism over the past year has really focused on providing you with the opportunities to further engage uh, those people in your sphere of influence, be it neighbors, co-workers, or extended family members. And finally, legacy. Uh, so, so sure we uh, covenant together to establish a godly legacy in our church and in each of your families. We have run both marriage and parenting studies and seminars to equip and strengthen families, but have intentionally limited programming so that you can uh, study, serve, worship, and pray together as families. However, with all this in mind, um, 2016 will always be marked by the farewell to our founding pastor and his family. As we said goodbye to the Austins, as well as the excitement surrounding the arrival of Adam, Angie, and Selah Brown as we embark on this new chapter in our life at South Shore. So that's kind of a quick look back over the past year at South Shore. And a little later, Pastor Adam will look ahead to see where God is leading us in the future. Uh, but at this time, I'd like to turn things over to our treasurer, Scott, as we look at the financials from 2016. Thank you, Blair, for a beautiful outline of our church life. You encapsulized it so well. Thank you. I don't know about you, but growing up, I always found AGMs either boring or a point of contention and fighting. And I'm so thankful to God that neither of those things happened. Let's not have it start now. Okay? Thank you very much. Let's make AGMs great again. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, just a note, uh, j just a, a point of uh, uh, to, for your attention. You'll notice that when you receive the the pub publication of the the 2016 uh, budget in spreadsheet format, you notice that there wasn't a 2017 proposed budget, and that's because the le leadership have been working diligently over the last several weeks and and doing some deliberations and some negotiations to determine how we would look at a new uh, church location and facility. And so for that reason, although we have the numbers, we don't have the individual line items for you today. So uh, Janet's gonna have for you uh, next week for distribution, the 2017 proposed budget. And you'll have next week, that entire week, 
and, and, and then the next Sunday to, to look over and ponder and think about those things and pray about them. And then on March 5th, we're going to have a very short business meeting directly after the service, late today, but very short, to vote only on the acceptance of the 2017 budget. So I will give you the big numbers, but I won't have the breakdown for you today, although we have it. I don't have it published for you. Does that make sense? Is that all good? Okay, good. So without any further ado, let me start with the, the folks that help make all of these, ha these things happen with respect to the finances of the church your SBC finance team, and by the way, I'm embarrassed to put myself first, but uh, I only, I do it just out of order, and not because I think that I'm, in fact, I would say I do the least out of all those people up there, quite frankly, to be completely honest with you. So I am the treasurer at this point, and, and I have a footnote that we are seeking, the leadership is seeking to uh, a replacement so that I can be used in other areas of teaching and ministry, so that is something that is open for uh, a new a new, uh, that position is open for a new person this year. Our bookkeeper is Susie Cornell, although the Cornells are no longer with us. Uh, she is a very capable bookkeeper and she continues to do the job for us from a distance. It's required a few little changes and, and adjustments and tweaks to make everything work, but uh, the communication works very, very well and we're able to um, continue the business of the church uh, with, a, with a bookkeeper. By the way, it's not uncommon for a church to have a bookkeeper that is not with uh, you know, resident with the church, but is is often um, uh, at, at some distance from the church. We, our head counter has been and continues to be Wayne Brown, and we have a number of counters that help out in that process. Scott Black, Nigel Jackson, Tom Long, Blair Hansen on occasion, and Scott Bauman. And if I missed anybody, I apologize. I did my best. With respect to the 2016 financial review, I'd like to, again, use the passage that we used last year, which was, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And God has always met our needs financially here at South Shore, and we have much to be thankful for. Okay, so <clears throat> these three columns, I'll explain them to you. Along the left-hand uh, portion of the slide, you will see giving, expenses, and surplus. So let's start with giving. Our actual givings last year, in 2016, were just over $170,000. And we were chronically $10,000 in deficit with respect to our givings all year long. And we prayed and believed that God would meet our needs with respect to our givings budget. And by the end of the year, uh, we were $202 ahead of our, our budgeted givings. And I praise the Lord for that. That is, uh, I think the $202 is just a little exclamation point there. Expenses, we, our, our budget expenses were uh, $159,000, and we came significantly under that by about uh, over 15, almost $15,000, which shows discipline on the part of leadership and the church, and uh, I really appreciate that when we were concerned about our givings, which really came through in the end, we were able to control our, our, our spending, which led to an actual surplus of $25,000 last year. I don't know as a charitable organization if we're allowed to have a surplus, but we've had surpluses every single year. So we'll have to make sure that's okay. I, our accountant has never said that that was a problem. We budgeted a $10,550 uh, surplus and we exceeded that by $15,000. So I just say, 
praise the Lord and glory to God for his rich um, abundance in, in providing these things. And so I say that in 2016, we were doubly blessed. We met our giving's target and we came significantly under our budgeted expenses due to discipline cost control measures that were put into place during the course of the year. Our givings were up $3,000 and expenses were also up $5,000 year over year from 2015 for a number of reasons. Our surplus or net income of 25,570 was generally in line with the strong 2015 results that we had as a church. So we were doubly blessed both on, both on, the, on the abundance of God's provision through income and also expenses. And I just wanna thank this church body personally i've never been in i've been in in several churches throughout my life i've never been in a church where the people were as generous and gave as sacrificially as you do and i just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart and on behalf of the leadership I, I would like to say thank you very much for your generosity because it shows your confidence in what god is doing here at south shore bible church for 2016 there were very few notable differences in the sense of how much we spent whether we were over or under versus budget. So every year we get a little bit better at setting the right budget, budget numbers, but we were, there were some discrepancies, and I'll just go over four of those. Under missions, we were only 44% of our missions budget. And I would say that the a reason for that, again, is that we were continuing to try to learn where God wants us to focus our missions budget and the ministries and the ministry opportunities that we um, may, may come our way. We had uh, spoken about uh, working with Mike Schott in his, in his ministry, and, and uh, there were a number of logistical problems with that that prevented us from being more involved with, with um, that ministry. But uh, be confident that the leadership is continuing to work through that. Software and technology was significantly lower because of less uh, uh, investments needed to be made in technology last year. Uh, and then <clears throat> the final section, you will notice in your budget that in, in one area of uh, pastoral ministry courses and classes, we were significantly over budget, but then under conventions and conferences, we were under budget. And, and uh, this is actually in, exactly in line with what Pastor Adam had asked us when he came, that we would reverse those two items because he could see more um, use in the um, courses and classes than in the conferences and conventions. So. We are reversing the budgeted amounts for those two items, but the actual numbers were that we came on budget by just a hundred dollars for those two items. So although one was over, one was under, they they were uh, the total amount was equal to what we had budgeted. So very few deviations from our budget last year. The proposed budget for 2017 is as follows. We are budgeting for a break-even 2017, and part of that is because we are significantly increasing our expenses for a number of reasons. And because expenses have increased by 17%, um, we are budgeting for givings that will just be in line with that. So we are budgeting for givings of $187,000, which is, uh, which is uh, $17,000 ahead of, of uh, last year, or a 10% increase in givings. And thus we are, and, we, and the reason why we're doing that is because we're budgeting expenses of $187,000, which is 17.3% above our, our uh, budgeted expenses for last year. So we are budgeting no surplus for this year. 
And the main reason for the increase in expenses is threefold. Number one, as leadership looks at the rental of a new facility, uh, the cost of utilities and the facility rental will be about uh, $30,000 higher than what they currently are at, the, at the, the location we're currently looking at. Secondly, we are looking at uh, uh, incorporation of the church, something that we had discussed previously and we want to finalize, and there will be some legal costs there of somewhere around $2,000, up to $2,000. And then non-pastoral staff expenses have increased from eight to 12 just because of the burden of running a church and, um, and doing, doing everything right and with excellence. So for that reason, we have increased, or the leadership has increased the budgeted expenses by uh, the amount that you see, but we've reduced some areas, so the overall increases, the net increase is only 17, although the gross increase is significantly more than that. So for today, I will call for a vote, not for the approval of the 2017 budget, because you haven't been privy to the, the complete breakdown, which you will next week. Um, I'm asking only for a vote for the acceptance of the SBC 2016 unaudited financial summary that I just gave you, and that you've been able to review for the last few weeks. So the motion is for acceptance of the SBC 2016 final summer financial summary. Do I have a, um, that's the motion on the floor. Scott Bauman, could somebody, who, who's our, Who's recording this? So Scott Bauman, and seconded by Jerry. Any discussion? For voting members, all in favor? Raise your right hand. Opposed? I just did that to. Opposed? Carried. Finally, uh, some things that some homework that I've been working on that I would like I would like to finalize before I'm no longer treasurer. Uh, number one is to complete a financial handbook to outline all the procedures that we use as a church so that the next person who does this uh, knows what to do. Uh, secondly, we need to legally have a, really do need to have a, a benevolence policy. It's very important as to how we dis dispense money um, from a compassion perspective. If we do it wrong, we lose our charitable status. And thirdly, to complete our incorporation pathway. So those are some, some goals that I have in, in place for 2017 for myself and for leadership. Thank you. And I'd like to ask Pastor Adam to come up at this time. Thank you. Did, uh, did everyone get the two handouts in the back? Anyone not get those handouts? So it should be two sheets. One just gives you an overview and the other is uh, got this big W on it. So I'm just going to take a, a couple of minutes to talk about uh, vision for the future, where we're going as a church. I mean, obviously, the Lord knows the details, but um, as best we were able, we've been able to establish where we hope the Lord will uh, take us this year. So moving forward, it's important to uh, affirm that we'll be building on the strong foundation already established here at South Shore. So, so much good work has gone on in the first five years. And so our goal is to just take the next step. What is the, the next step from here? Uh, our mission is to glorify God by knowing God and making him known. Uh, scripturally, Jesus has given us this mandate in uh, Matthew 28. Just read that for you. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Okay, so with all authority in all reality, this is what he wants us to do. Go, therefore, 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So our goal is to make disciples. Uh, we want to go out and share the gospel with, with people who are not yet saved so that they could become disciples, and we want to help them to mature. And uh, we do this in the power of and the grace of God. Jesus is with us by his Holy Spirit until he returns at the end of the age. So we are going to fulfill this mission by staying close to the word of God, by praying for our church, praying for our families, praying for our city, praying for our country, praying for our world. Uh, and this might be an area where um, we could all do a little self-analysis and see how we're doing, contributing our prayers, uh, and maybe moving forward, joining together a little bit more to pray. Uh, sharing the grace of God with unbelievers. We're going to fulfill this mission by going out and neighbors, co-workers, friends, family who don't know Jesus. We're going to share the gospel with people in Barrie and around Barrie. Uh, and then we're going to put that grace to work in the progressive sanctification or the discipleship, same thing, uh, of saints at Soshore. So it's saints, those who have been transformed regenerated, that can then be discipled. Specifically then in the year ahead, so that's very broad, right? Very broad about some of the priorities that we're going to have. But specifically in the year ahead, we hope to move into a new facility. Um, now, it may be the one that we've looked at. It may not be. Uh, there hasn't been a final decision on that yet. But regardless of where we go, we hope to be in a new facility this time next year. Now, I, I've put on your handout some scripture. I'm not going to go through all of that scripture, but Ephesians 2, 19 to 22 reminds us that the bricks and mortar do not make up the church, that we are the, the living stones, as Peter would say in a different passage, in the temple of God. We are, it's the, whoa, it's the people of God that establish the church. So we're going to move into a new facility, and we're going to work really hard not to lose focus of that, that we are the church. The, the building is not. Yet a facility can be helpful for us to do the things that God has called us to do. As our treasurer has already said, incorporation, and this is in keeping with uh, Romans 13, 1 to 7, we submit to governing authorities, so we have to go through all of the legal channels uh, so that we are submitting to the government's over us, and we want to do that as a corporation. Uh, thirdly, we want to explore possible participation with the Gospel Coalition Canada. And I would just encourage you to read 2 John and 3 John. So much of the Bible uh, deals with the local church. It says, you know, primarily we need to be doing the work within the local church. That's true. And so our focus is always going to be so sure as a local church. Uh, you get into 2 John and 3 John, though, and you begin to see the relationship that churches can have with one another. And so you want to be with like-minded churches, obviously. Uh, and the Gospel Coalition is an established group of churches. It's not a denomination. It's not an association. But it's churches that, that share a philosophy and share uh, core doctrine. And it's about local churches working together to bring the gospel to Canada. 
So go on to the Gospel Coalition website. The, this was started in the United States. They just started in January of 2017, the Gospel Coalition Canada. Uh, it's 10 years old from in the United States. Check out their website. Uh, TGC Canada has a Facebook page if you want to look into that. Uh, but that's something that we as elders are considering. Um, obviously, the Word of God is going to play a prominent role in moving forward. So we're in the book of Luke right now, and we, we're going to preach Luke from Christmas to Easter. Uh, we've also done the Ephesians Bible study. That's almost finished for the men, but there will be one coming up for the women in the spring. And, and we have four real goals here in why do we choose Ephesians over anything else? Well, because in Ephesians, it's so clear that our core identity as believers, as Christians, is rooted in the lavish grace of God. That, that we are saints, not because we deserve to be, but because God is merciful and gracious. And from before the foundation of the world, he has decided to call us into his family and to adopt us. So just really feel that that's a, that's a core identity that we want to have at Soshore. Uh, secondly, this book gives us a vision for the church that talks about unity, but also diversity, using our gifts under the headship of Christ. Uh, and that God has organized the body with Christ as the head and then leaders in the church. You have evangelists and shepherds and teachers active today. So our elders fill those positions. And then the elders or the leaders equip the church for the work of the ministry. So that's a vision that we want for the church moving forward, which has already been the vision of South Shore, but we just wanted to firm that up. Uh, the book of Ephesians also gives us a foundation for gender-based discipleship. The way you disciple a man is different than the way you disciple a woman. Uh, now, there's a lot that you share in common, right? Doctrine is the same for both. But ultimately, uh, we want gender-specific discipleship. We see the basis for that in Ephesians. And fourthly, uh, we want to be ready for war against the evil spiritual forces in our world. Uh, in Canada, we can forget that we're at war against the devil and against his demons. Uh, you cannot ignore that in the book of Ephesians. So those are the four reasons that we picked that book. It's been great with the men, and we'll, I look forward to uh, leading the women through that study. Uh, then in the fall, our focus is going to be the pastoral epistles. Uh, the pastoral epistles are 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. And we've picked this... Uh, these books because these books give us, in the Word of God, God's vision for the church. So our goal in 2017 is going to be to learn about God's vision for the church more broadly than the Great Commission, right? Like more, more broadly in some ways, but more specifically. What does God want us to do? How does He want us to behave in the household of God? Okay? And then we want to implement the pastoral epistles, which isn't going to happen all at once, but... Our goal as a church is that anyone reading through 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, or Titus would say, yeah, that, that's us. That's, or, or someone on the outside would say, yeah, that's Soshore. Soshore is doing or endeavoring to do the pastoral epistles. So in order to do this, I'm starting even now with uh, men who will then become leaders, co-leaders in the fall. I'll explain what I mean by that. But I'm going through verse by verse, word by word with men now. 
through the spring, through the summer, so that in the fall, when I'm preaching through this, we're going to break the church into uh, temporary discipleship groups. They'll meet at different times, and each group will be uh, overseen by a man who will be able to lead the, that group through a more careful study of what was preached. Because repetition, you don't get it the first time through preaching. You need, to be, you need to be reading it. You need to hear it from the pulpit. You need to hear it again in a, in, a, in a smaller environment. You need to discuss it. You need to pray about it. It just needs to become just such a part of the fabric of what we're doing as a church. So, uh, and then we're also looking for leadership development starting now for both men which would be potential and future elders, uh, and women. Uh, we are looking for Titus to older women, not just to do it uh, casually or organically, which is good, but then to be intentional as a church. That there's a, there's a flow to the discipleship that is intentional in the Bible. So we're beginning to put that into practice. So that's where we're going with the Word of God. There's a gap there, right, after Easter to the fall, which I'm not entirely sure what I'll be preaching on at that time, but as always, I invite the elders to help me to decide. I want to make a couple of notes on doctrinal direction. It's important that you hear from the elders the doctrinal direction of the church. Uh, In 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 16, Paul says that the church is the, the pillar and the buttress of the truth. We're the household of God. So there's some things doctrinally that we want to bring to your attention. Uh, One, you may be aware of it. We have a new website, and one of the the features of that new website or of our old website is not there, which is an explicit mentioning of the Baptist Confession of 1689. So we've intentionally not put that on our website. I know some of you have probably already noticed that. The reason for that, and I want to preface this by saying none of our documentation has changed in our Constitution. It still says that we believe that the 1689 is a a good guide for helping us to understand what the Bible says. We haven't changed that at all. And the statement of faith that is on the website is Appendix A of our Constitution. So we haven't replaced one statement of faith with another statement of faith. We've taken South Shore's statement of faith... And put it on the website. I think that's really important for everyone to know. So you go on the website. You look at the statement of faith. When you became a member, what you said was you agree with that statement of faith. And you also agreed that the 1689 is a general, is a help. It's a helpful tool for understanding uh, the Bible. So we still hold to those positions. We've decided that we're not going to uh, fly the 1689 flag as prominently as, as we have in the past. And the reason for that is it's, it's a good document. It's a, it's a document for mature believers. It's a good discipleship tool. We're not denying that. However, uh, it can be an intimidating document. If, if our goal is to reach out into the city and have people come to our church, uh, they don't need to know all of that level of detail at the very beginning. It, it can be intimidating, it can be an obstruction. As much as it can be a draw for mature believers, it can be an obstruction to non-believers or, unbel- or, or new believers. So we just want to remove that obstruction. If you're mature in the faith, you, you can still carry the 1689 with you, and you can still read it, you can still use it. Um, 
And anyone in the church that would like a copy, the elders would give it to you, and we'd be happy to dialogue with you about it. But it's not going to be the doctrinal face of South Shore moving forward. Um, doctrinally, also, I've been reading about the Sabbath and the Lord's Day, and uh, I'm, we are going to be putting together, the elders, all of us together, are going to be putting together a position paper on just what we believe the Bible says about the Lord's Day. Um, so that any controversy or conflict, we can just annul that and we're going to establish what we believe as a church on that issue and we'd be happy to dialogue with people about that. Uh, we have no deadline for when that's coming out. We want to be careful. But it's something that we've been talking about for months already. Okay? So doctrinally, you can expect answers from the leadership on those issues. Uh, our goal in doing this is to figure out what does the Bible say and not what, what, what might be a good way to implement what the Bible says, right? Because there's two different, there's two things about the Lord's Day. There's what the Bible says about the Lord's Day, and then there are a variety of options that we can choose from for how we might want to best implement what we believe the Bible says about the Lord's Day, and we're, we're actually just going to be saying, this is what we believe the Bible says about the Lord's Day. Uh, my understanding of Scripture is everyone is free to, to exercise uh, or to, to keep the Lord's Day in the way that suits them and is glorifying to God. But we'll be giving you more details on that. Um, finally, well, I have two more things. But finally, in specifically in the year ahead... Our goal as elders is going to be to articulate a ministry structure that is, uh, that is articulated. It doesn't just sort of happen. So we want to actually put on paper, for example, an organizational chart that says this is the structure of the church. These are the positions. And we may even have positions that nobody is filling yet, but that will be part of the vision of moving forward. We want to establish a church with this structure, with these ministries, and these are the people that are overseeing these ministries, and this is the chain of command and all, all sorts of things. So we're going to be putting that together, and, and we're really drawing close to Ephesians 4, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. We are a body. A body needs to be organized. A body needs to have vision. And when, there's, when, there's, um, when, it, when, a, when a church is just organic, then, then it sometimes can grow in good ways and sometimes in not so good ways. Now, we're going to be building on all of the good things that have happened and are happening at South Shore. So it's not, it's not a total undo and redo. It's, it's taking what we have and then taking the next step and articulating clearly uh, the structure that we hope to have as a church. So obviously, we were looking for 100% participation. If you're a member, we want to know where you would like to contribute. And we want it to be in accordance with your gifts and your desires. It's a beautiful thing when the desire, the thing you want to do, matches your duty. You're, you're obligated to do it. That's what we want. So that everybody is serving in a way that suits their strengths. Finally, this is the last thing. And this is not about the year ahead. I guess it is. Um, but we've already started to work this way. If you just take this handout, I want to explain to you um, what I would say is the difference between an elder-led and an elder-run church. We want to be an elder-led church, not an elder-run church. 
And, and we all agree on that. All of us elders, we agree we want to be elder-led. That's biblical. But we don't want to be elder-run. That's, that's not biblical. So an elder-led uh, church looks like this. If you see this W, there's five actions, right? Everything above the line are those things that the elders are called to do. Everything below the line are those things that the congregation or the church is called to do. So... I just want to open to Acts 6. Now, this is not taken from Acts 6, but it, you see the church in Acts 6 following this process. So we're not saying that Acts 6 is absolute in its prescription, but it's a, it's a really good illustration or example of what we're talking about. So number one, elders need to define the reality on any given issue. This is the reality of whatever. Uh, let's use the facility as an example. So we have defined the reality, and we've said we, uh, we, it's been great being here, but we'd like to move into a new place, right? Uh, we have found a f possible facility. We announced that. Wayne Brown came up and announced to everybody what had been found. Then there's consultation is number two. So on Thursday, we had an open house, and everyone was invited to come, and we we're happy to get any feedback or thoughts or ideas. Number three, then, the elders have to make a decision based on the reality and the consultation. So decision-making stays with the elders, but it's an informed decision-making that keeps the pulse of the congregation in mind. After a decision is made, then number four, the church has to implement the decision. So in the case of a building, we're, well, you have to show up there and not here. That's one thing. Uh, but there's going to be uh, renovations and so on and so forth, uh, whatever building that we go to, whatever facility. So whatever it is, there has to be implementation that's not done primarily by the elders because the elders are there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Uh, and then finally, the, the elders need to evaluate, which leads to defining reality again. Right? You evaluate how things are going, and you say, okay, well, let's define reality, and that may be the end of it, or you may need to consult again, depending on the issue. So you just keep going up and down like this in order to make your decisions. So I won't read through Acts 6, but you'll see Peter defined reality. It's not right that we should give up the ministry of the word to serve tables. It was important that the widows all received their daily ration of food, but it wasn't right that the elders were doing it. So they called all of the disciples together, meaning the, the church at that time, which was quite large in the thousands. And they said, what do you want? This is, you know, pick for yourself some men that, that could do this task. And we just want them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What they said pleased the congregation. They brought names to the elders. The elders made the final decision the elders laid their hands on the six original uh, servants or deacons. And uh, then they gave it back to the deacons to implement this new ministry. And then they evaluated. You see at the bottom, and the word of God continued to spread. And even some priests became believers. That's an evaluation. This was a good thing. The, the elders were freed up to do the ministry of the word. And even some priests in the temple were come coming to the Lord. And the Lord added to the number day by day those who are being saved. So you see that pattern there. So we're not going to follow this for every single decision. I mean, there are some decisions that an executive committee just needs to make. 
But on any significant decision, any forward movement in ministry, this is the pattern that we would like to take. So I'll give you two examples. Within the next month or two, we are going to be calling together all of our children's ministry workers, interested parents, um, anyone else who has a vested interest in our children's ministry. And we're going to define reality on what's happening, where we think we might like to go. And then we're going to seek your consultation, and then we're going to make a decision about our children's ministry moving forward. We're going to do the same thing with our music ministry or our worship ministry. We're going to call of our musicians together. We're going to have a conversation, and we're going to uh, make some decisions moving forward. Uh, there's other things too, but those two things come to mind first off. So facility, children's ministry, worship ministry, those are going to be our initial priorities. Uh, doctrinally, We've made a shift from 1689 to our statement of faith, and we're going to be looking at um, the Sabbath or the Lord's Day. We're going to be going through the pastoral epistles, Ephesians, and the book of Luke. We're looking to incorporate, hopefully we'll be in a new facility. A lot going on in the year ahead. If you have any questions, uh, talk to me, talk to Blair, talk to Glenn. We'd be happy to speak with you. Do you want to close? I'll close. Let's, let's just take this to the Lord in prayer. Uh, before I end, I just want to say, I am so glad to be at South Shore. Uh, I feel, and, and we feel, uh, that this is our church. It took, took a little time, but we're here, and we're so glad. And I just want to share with all of you, I say this to Ange maybe weekly, I am so pleased to be working with, with Blair and with Glenn. They're love for you, their love for the Lord, their love for this church, their, um, the amount of energy they give to leading and to shepherding. You know so many things that nobody knows about that they're doing? Uh, see, we are such a fortunate church to have Glenn and Blair as elders. And I, I am humbled and just overjoyed to be on an elder team with them. So please find time to thank them, to pray for all of us, and to uh, just rejoice in what God has done. You have excellent leaders, not speaking for myself, but excellent leaders over you. Have confidence in your leadership. Love your shepherds because they love you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this church. I'm so glad that you called me to be a part of what you're doing here at South Shore in Barrie. I pray for all of these things. These are our plans. Uh, we've come to them to the best of our ability through prayer, discerning where you're calling us to go. I pray that you would help us as we move forward. Uh, we want to glorify you. We want to know you better. We want to make you known. Uh, we want to see people come to faith, and we want to disciple them, teaching them to obey everything that you've commanded. So bless us, and in so doing, honor and glorify yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.